Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, that song comes right out of Revelation 4 and 5, the throne room of God, when God has taken us all, and we will be there, and it's real, folks, it's real. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in a house. It's good to be back in my bed. That's nice. Uh, we did have a really good week. It's always a great time to go to Word of Life uh, at the campground, the fellowship with other Christians, some of the preaching and teaching of the Word. It's good. And, and everywhere, just about anywhere we went, we'd look somewhere, there was one of our grandkids. There's 15 of them were up there. And uh, so that's always fun. Um, but it rained like four out of the six days. And for good chunks of those days, not the whole time, but... Um, and my, we took our grandson along, our 13-year-old grandson, and he, he was in a tent. We were in a small camper, which was nice, but he was in a tent, and uh, it's raining every night. And uh, so I'd say, hey, how is it in the tent? He'd get in the morning, is it, is it, did you get all wet? He said, oh, no, no, there's a you know, little puddle here or there, not a big deal. And then grandma would go look after he left, and it's soaked in here. It's water everywhere. And, and his big comforter thing he's sleeping with hung off his cot. Thankfully, he was on a cot and off the ground. But the blanket thing's down on the ground and it's all wet. So every day. Anyway, so many things. So I, I realized that I was working on my sermon that whole time without realizing it. Uh, because I discovered a few times that, I mean, I'm, I'm usually pretty easy going. Now, that might be just because I'm out of touch sometimes, but I'm pretty easy going and things happen. Yeah, well, whatever, not a big deal. But it seems to me like when we're camping, there's certain ways certain things need to be. You know, anybody like that? You ever have things like that? It needs to be this way. And then it rains and that goofs that up. Now it's got to be do this and do this and then... Uh, so what I discover is that I find myself at times there that I was being the camper. But my wife is still being the grandma. And those two things don't always go together. Okay? Um, anyway, so, but I noticed that I had some spells there where I just wasn't real happy about all this. Stupid rain. All these kids. God, I love them. I do love them. I really do. Well, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, go here, there. Anyway, and then, it, then the weather, it would stop raining for a while, and the sun would come out, and I'd go, about time. <laughs> you know? And, and I realized that, you know, there are certain things you need to do when you're camping, but really, also, I, I needed to change my thinking. Because when I let my thinking head in a certain direction, everything seemed to get worse. <laughs> or certainly didn't get better, even when it did. You guys, anybody relate to this in life? Right. And so we come down to, we're almost to the end of Paul's letter to the Philippians. 
And he's told them all sorts of things. And actually, just in the past uh, number of uh, sermons we've looked at, he talked about the all-compelling call of Christ. It just compels us to to live our lives with him and for him. We talked about the motivation we need to keep going uh, and, and then healthy thinking in, in a different respect than we're gonna look at today, but healthy thinking for all in Christians and then standing firm with Christ and, and last week the joyful dependence on, and you know, joy, joy, rejoice, rejoice, uh, praying, taking your cares to the Lord, all trusting in the Lord's strength. And so Paul's coming down to the end of his letter, and, and I really think I mean, he's going to tell them some more things, but it's not, he's really kind of getting to the point of summarizing here. It's, it's what he wants to leave them with. And uh, so you can talk about if we're going to live like a Christian, there are certain ways we need to think, and there are certain things that we need to do. So, and it's not an exhaustive summary, but it's really important. Okay, so Christian living, how do we define what Christian living actually is? Boy, you can make up long lists, I'm sure, of things that are included, but really, I want to just say this, Christian living is this idea of going through life as an all-in follower of Christ, right? We come to Christ, uh, we, we receive Christ as Savior, that, that time when we finally realize, wow, I have sinned against a holy God, and I'm guilty before him, and, and I'm gonna be condemned for eternity unless something changes. And what changed, is, changed was that God loved us so much that he sent his only son, the son of God, God in heaven, comes down to earth, becomes a human being, and lives a perfect and sinless life, and then dies on the cross and paying the penalty for my sins, for all of them. All I ever have, ever will, all I ever will commit, he has paid, for them in full. So I don't have to. I don't have to pay that penalty because I've received Christ as Savior. And, and you can and need to do the same. Right? You need to come to that realization. You sinned against a holy God. You need a Savior. God has provided a Savior in Jesus. He died for our sins, rose again, and then we by faith come and we, we just admit to God where we're at. Right here, God, I've blown it. I've sinned against you. I can't fix it. I can't go back and make it not have happened. And I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again. And right now, I'm just putting my faith in him to be my Savior. Isn't it amazing that God has provided this way. You know, you don't have to, you know, I got to come up, give a lot of money. I got to go through a lot of religious rituals. I got to get baptized. I got to do good to get, no, you can't, you can't fix it. And he doesn't require you to, but then what he does, he gives you forgiveness. He forgives every sin and he, he moves into your life and, and goes to work on the inside. But I want you to know it very clearly because sometimes I, I don't say it clearly enough, but the reason he's moved into your life is because the whole rest of your life is now to be a Christian life. You, have, you belong to the Lord now. And, and your whole life should be lived as a Christian. And there's so many blessings he has along the way, but so many ways we need to live and think. We've been talking about that here in Philippians. What does it mean to be an all-in follower of Christ? Because what percentage of Christians should be all-in followers. hundred percent. Now the, the reality is that we aren't always there and people aren't always there, but that's what, this is the normal Christian life. Sometimes we see a Christian say, wow, that person's really a Christian. Well, it just may very well be that that person is just being a normal Christian. 
and how we live this life with the Lord. So he has all of that for us. And if you've never received Christ, man, right now you could just in your heart and mind talk to God. And if you have questions about it, please ask us and we'll, we'll get you to be a part of all this thing that God is doing in our lives. So going through life as an all-in follower of Christ. And in our passage today, what we're going to see is that this means that there is a way to think that's a all-in follower of Christ, and there are things to do, okay? All right, so let's, well, actually, before, I, before we read the passage, let's think about this thinking thing. I am, you know, talking about my camping experience, how, how I was thinking about it, changed my perspective on other things. So, Christian living, what you think about and the way you think about it will slowly but surely determine how you live your life. Now that's, that's not, even that's true for non-Christians, right? This is true for every human being. The way, what you think about, in other words, when, I'm not talking about the fact that if you're, you're at work and you have these things to do and you're thinking, you have to think about work or, you know, you're driving, you've got to think about the lights or whatever. I, I'm not talking about the things that demand we think. I'm talking about the times when we have a choice. When we have, a, when we have the choice about what we think about, what you think about at those times and the way you think about those things is going to determine how you live. Because as you think about things, it, it, it kind of builds structures or lays, maybe say, maybe better way to say it, lays down layers, you know, as you think about it and it, lay, it lays down layers. And, and inevitably as you think about things, your emotions come into play, you know, either positive emotions, negative emotions, excited, sad, fearful, whatever, those emotions, and those also get laid down in those layers. And eventually, it, you're building this, this place that you are living your life from. And so what you have laid down is going to affect how you view the world and what's happening in your life and how you think you need to respond. So it really, really does matter how we think. Those times when we have the uh, opportunity, the freedom to choose what we're thinking about and how we think about it are really going to make a difference. And so what we see is this idea of thinking affects what we do, okay? They are inseparable. Thinking and doing are interconnected. And so if we're going to do the right things, we've got to think the right things and think the right way. And really, if we're going to think the right things and think the right way, we probably need to be doing the right things. It's going to affect each other. And so we're talking this morning then about thinking and doing on purpose, not just the stuff that just happens along the way, although how you think about those things will affect you and what you do. But we're thinking, of, I keep, we're thinking. <laughs> we're talking today about this idea of on purpose, thinking, learning to think a certain way about certain kinds of things and on purpose then doing certain things, okay? So let's go to our passage of scripture here. Philippians chapter 4, we are in verses 8 and 9 today. And if you don't have a Bible with you, that's fine. But there are some Bibles under the chairs there in front of you. And we encourage you to, to follow along with us. It, I think it will be helpful to you. Page 1,351. 1,351. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 8. He says, finally, brethren. So finally, this is what I mean. He's coming down to the end of his letter. 
he said so many amazing and powerful things, important things. And he says, okay, finally. And this is how he's wrapping it up. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so think on these things. And meditating is a particular way of thinking, which we will talk about. And then verse 9, he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So in some sense, you might say, well, this just sounds kind of like positive thinking, right? Positive thinking. And there's, there's much to be said for positive thinking, but positive thinking in and of itself will never get you where Christ intends to lead you. Because we need Christian thinking, right? We need biblical thinking. We need Jesus thinking. And so Paul here gives us a list of things we need to think. So let's talk about this thinking meditation part first. Um, so let's just look at the list, okay? He says, first of all, if there's anything is true. And this makes the top of the list. And it's not necessarily because it's more important than all the others. And, and um, this list is probably not intended to be an exhaustive list. It's to be an example list, but true is at the, at the top. How important is truth? How important is truth? I mean, if, if your car isn't running, it's stopped somewhere, and uh, you've actually run out of gas, but you didn't realize it because your gauge quit working, it still says you got a quarter tank. And so you have some kind of hallway and they, they go to work on it and all this kind of stuff. And next thing you know, they spent hours. I'm sure, Stephen, you wouldn't do this. You'd troubleshoot that. But they spent hours doing all sorts of things and racking up, you know, at 100 bucks an hour, a big bill and all that. And, and they can't get your car to run. Why? Because they don't know the truth about your car. It's out of gas. Okay. And by the way, I've done this before. Speaking from, speak from personal experience, the car quit and I had a towed and the mechanic and he, he, he did check. He says, you know, you're out of gas. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you mean? That's not my car. Who brought it to you? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but true, you've got to know what's true. And this word true, literally, the definition is it fits the facts. The way things really are. What you're thinking is the way things really are. In other words, what can't be hidden because it's just the way it is, okay? Uh, and so this is truth, and it is essential that you give truth this high priority in your life. Now, I know from talking to a lot of people over a lot of years, I know some of my own pull in, on the inside in life is that it is easy to have some strong feelings about something and come to a conclusion about it and think it's, your conclusion is true when it's not. You understand what I'm talking about? 
that your feelings, you, you say whatever I'm feeling, that's what's true. Oh, that's, that'll set you up for all sorts of problems. Yeah, I'm thinking about this person, you know, and, and I got a kind of a strange vibe from them today. And, and you know what? I feel like they don't like me. I, I feel like, you know, what is wrong with me? People don't like me. There's a trip. People don't like me. And, and, and next thing you know, it, it runs down this whole long path and, and you find yourself on a high-speed train to the garbage dump. Okay? You have to see the truth about your feelings. And the truth about your feelings is that they are feelings. Okay? And you have them for a reason. That's true. But you have them for a reason. And so... Uh, Feelings are like warning lights on the dashboard. Have you ever been in your own car or borrowed a car from someone? I've been borrowed a car and they say, oh, by the way, the check engine light's on. You can ignore that because it's always, it's always on. And we, there's, no, there's nothing wrong. It's just that light's on. Okay, that's the way our feelings are sometimes. Sometimes our feeling comes on a check engine light. Okay, I need to do something about this. Find out. Uh, but when you... Look at your feelings as the determiners of what's really true. You are headed for a world of hurt. You won't be able to honor the Lord. You won't be living like an all-in Christian because it's just going to mess you around. So the idea is what is really true. And by the way, this is where sometimes positive thinking, people have a positive thinking idea. And let's say the dog you've had for 15 years and have loved dearly, has been a part of your family, gets run over by a car and dies. Positive thinking. Well, at least I don't have to feed the dog anymore. But no, let's talk about truth, right? The truth is, wow, that hurts. I've lost, it's gonna be different without this dog around. so truth keeps us from being in denial. Positive thinking can lead you to denial about the way things really are. How are you doing? I just heard that your mom died. How are you doing? Well, I'm fine. I'm a Christian. I'm doing good. You may be doing good, but is it really fine if your mama just died? Is it really fine? It's not, is it? No, it's hard and it's sad. I'm going to miss her a lot. The truth. But also, the Lord Jesus Christ is enabling me to do it. He's enabling me to go forward. I have joy in my heart. I have gratitude for everything that happened. But we're not in denial. Do you see what I'm saying? We're not. I just need to go on because I could stay here for a while truth. So we start with what's true. And so when you're thinking, you find yourself thinking, thinking about something and boy, the feelings are there and all that kind of stuff, whatever. Say, wait a minute, what is really true? What do I really know? Okay, let's go back. This person I got a weird vibe from today. You know what? All I, all I know for sure is that I got a weird vibe from today. I, I don't know why. I, because you know what? Maybe they're having serious problems in their life. May they just got a really bad diagnosis about their health and they're kind of preoccupied, right? So we don't know. So you just go with what's true. Okay, all right. 
Then Paul uh, goes to the word. He says, if there's anything noble, anything noble, and the definition of noble is worthy of genuine respect. Worthy of genuine respect. Awe-inspiring or seeing something as majestic. Uh, I think of uh, Psalm 8 when uh, David, the psalmist, says you know, to God, he says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, who am I that you even pay attention to me? Right? It's, it's majestic. And you, so there's so much in creation like that, isn't there? Man, so much that's, that's worth pondering and thinking about. That is amazing. Uh, how many in here have ever walked up to the rim of the Grand Canyon and looked across? And didn't you find yourself at a loss of words at the moment? Right, I mean, these are kinds of things and from the smallest things you can see. But it's not just nature, it's also people. Do you ever, you know, read maybe a story online or see a news story of someone who, let's say, risked their lives to save somebody? That's a noble thing, isn't it? That's worthy of respect. Sometimes people lose their lives. You know, and so but the idea is we want to look and identify things around us that are worthy of genuine respect. Okay? All right, then he says, if there's anything that's just, and this word just is connected with our word of justice, that idea, and so it's what is right, what is approved by God. Can you let your mind run places that you know aren't approved by God? You know, there's places in life that you probably shouldn't go. There's things in life you shouldn't do, but if you give them life in your mind and you're thinking, guess what? It's going to create your problems. So we don't want to do that. We want to think about what's right, what's approved by God. Again, we aren't in denial about things because you could, you know, a thought could come to mind. You could say that is, that is not right. That is sinful. And you did think about it, but how did you think about it? The way God told you to. Okay, this isn't right. It's not something God approves of. I'm not going to let my mind linger on things that I know God does not approve of. Boy, Jesus, you know, he talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he, he ups the ante. Because you remember he says um, that it's, it's, you shouldn't commit adultery. Okay, we, we know that. Pretty much everybody, even the people who don't know the Lord pretty much know that. You shouldn't commit adultery. And Jesus says, yeah, but don't pat yourself on the back, those of you who haven't committed adultery. He says, because the reality is, have you ever lusted after someone that wasn't your husband or wife? He says, it's like you've already committed adultery with them in your heart. And so, wow, when I'm thinking, I don't want to go there, see? I don't want to let my mind go there. He said the same thing. He said, if you hate, you hate someone, that in your heart, what's going on is this murder he's talking about. You, you, you want them to be whatever. Um, and so we don't want to stay there. Once again, we can think what are the facts and then we want to make sure we don't ponder things that are not okay with God. And by the way, you may have to do that a lot. You may have to fight that a lot and keep stopping it. Then he says, if there's anything pure, this is things that are holy on the inside and the outside. They're uncontaminated with sin, unspoiled. So just anything you can think of and look at and see that's, wow, that's a good thing. That's, that's uh, such a, 
God thing and, and ponder those things. Then he says, anything that's lovely. And this is the idea of something that you prize dearly. You know, it's, it's something that's worthy of personal affection. It's worth the effort to have this in your life. And think about what might be lovely in my life. What, what do I really prize? You know, people, relationships, small pleasures, big things. And he says, if there's anything of good report, good report. And this is positive information shared with a kindly spirit. Okay, a good report. Or gracious communication about something or someone. All right. Um, I always wonder what I'm supposed to think when I hear that. <laughs> the good, the bad and the ugly. How does that fit in this sermon? Okay. But boy, don't we need a lot more of this in our lives. And we need to be doing a lot more of this in our lives. And, you know, and what you... You've got to learn to discern. You know, what are you going to give your mental energy to? What are you going to think about when it comes to somebody or maybe a situation? How are you going to think about this? Uh, and here's, here's a, sort of a little clue to you, right? A warning. If somebody comes to you and they look at you and then they look around and they say, did you hear about? This is probably not a good report, Right? And so the idea is, is we, you know, just want to try to avoid that when we can. And we certainly don't want to be the ones giving the bad report, the good report. We want to you know, be kind. And, and it already fits, right? If we go back, here's the idea. We've had this person who I got picked up strange vibes today and my emotions are saying, I don't think they like me. But the truth is, I don't necessarily know that. I don't know what's going on here. But. I'm going with my feelings now instead. I don't think the person likes me. In fact, I don't think that person's a very nice person to begin with. And hey, did you see so-and-so? Oh man, how much damage does that do? So the ripples go out so far from that. And so when we think about other people, we need to have a kind spirit toward them. We need to communicate graciously about them. And, and even though it's not in the Bible as such, there is that old saying, if you can't say something, Nice, what? Don't say anything. Hold your tongue, okay? Uh, but this good report is such a positive thing. And, and I'm gonna give you some examples of how this play out in our lives in a little bit. And they says, if there's any virtue, if there is any virtue, virtue is this idea of moral goodness or a gracious act that enriches people's lives. If there's anything like that, think on that stuff. Praiseworthy, very simple if it's worthy of praise, right? Worthy of being commended. There's something that's good to think about this. And so here's this long list. And, and the Holy Spirit to us through Paul says, meditate on these things. Now, if you're wondering about, you know, man, I don't know if I can find a lot of that good stuff to think about. Think about Jesus. So if you're really struggling to, you know, think right, well, go through this list and think about Jesus. What he was like. Because by the way, all these things would apply to him. Every one of them. So meditate on these things. Now hang on just a moment here. Yeah. All right. So here at the end of verse 8. 
you know, through any virtue of anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Okay, so what does this word meditate mean? Well, here's the definition for it from the language it was written in. It means lingering thinking. We might even call that pondering, right? But we're lingering on something and thinking about it. Thinking about something again and again and again. Uh, then reasoning from something known to logical conclusions related to it. So now you're thinking about this and thinking about it again and again. And you start to realize, hey, you know, because that's true, then this makes sense. Okay, so we're meditating on things. And, and what is the one thing we know for sure that God has told us to meditate on? What? The scripture, the Bible, that's right. Read it. It can't be, I read those words, da, 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 da. Okay, all good. No, it's, huh, what does that mean? What does that mean in my life? What does that mean for other people I know? God, what are you trying to teach me? And you ponder it and you think about it. You think about that word or that sentence or what's going on. And, and so you think about it and then you arrive at different conclusions because you've been pondering this and thinking on it. And then these things are listed, right? Meditate on these kinds of things as well. Meditate on them. Now, let me give you an example, a couple of examples, two ways you can go with this. So let's say if you find yourself struggling with a relationship that ought to be a blessing in your life, right? Your husband, your wife, your parents, your child, your brother, your sister, good friends, whoever. You, you know, these relationships, and, 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 but you find yourself struggling with one of those relationships that ought to be a blessing. And if you are meditating on the wrong things. Not these kinds of things, but on other kinds of things. And we've already given some examples. He says, here's what'll happen. You will believe things about this person that are untrue or may not be true. You're believing the worst about them. You determine, so this is progressive. So you determine that the person is unworthy of respect. And you don't show them respect because, you know, you're believing the worst about them. You don't need to show this person respect. You focus on every sin and possible sin this person may be guilty of or has been guilty of and will probably be guilty of. You start to focus on how they're messing up. You start judging the person's motives now because you know that person has evil intentions. You just know it. And then you devalue the person. By the way, this is all the opposites of this list that's up here. You devalue the person and focus on what seems despicable, and so you reject them. And then you listen to evil reports about him or her. And maybe even pass them on to somebody else. And rather than acting graciously toward the person, you become judgmental, harsh, and unforgiving. And you focus only on the things you can condemn the person for. Um, have you ever noticed, let's say, let's say, you know, if you're married or if you have someone who's a really good friend, or if you find yourself irked at somebody, you ever been upset with someone that you love? And then you let your thinking spiral the wrong direction, blah, 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 blah. And then they get a bowl of soup and they eat. 
and they go, I can't even believe how they eat soup. That's silly, but you understand what I'm saying? It affects, maybe a better word, it infects. It infects so much. And so you focus only on the things you can condemn this person for. How do you think this is going to affect how you feel about this person? How do you think this is going to affect what you do about the relationship? How you respond into things and how you react to those things? How's it going to affect your ability to be a witness to this person or other people about your faith in Christ? This is a vicious downward spiral. And as you do it, you will see more and more of negative things that will just continue to affirm this really messed up way of thinking. And here's where you'll end up. When life gets like that and you let yourself go down this path, at some point you might say, where is God in all this? Where are you, God? I don't understand why my life is like this. Well, your life is like this because you went there. God hasn't gone anywhere. And you have no peace in this relationship. Now, if instead you do what God's word says here and you begin thinking about the list that we have here and you look for these things in that person and, and, and then you ponder them and you reach your conclusion based on these things, you get a different outcome, okay? So we want to meditate on these good and right things. Undeniable facts. Now, we're not, we're not in denial. Yeah, this person does have some irritating habits that they just don't, don't seem to care about fixing. Okay, whatever. But are there any undeniable facts about this person that are good? Well, he does get up and go to work every day. Right? She does, you know, Give time to the kids. I mean, we can find something, right? There's always something positive. Every human, let me say, even the most despicable human being, if you can spend long enough time with them, you will discover that there's something to admire about them because they were made in the image of God. And yes, their sin and corruption covers that up, but it's there. Okay. Then you look at this person and say, wow, yeah, because this person is worthy of genuine respect. This, this is you know, worthy of respect and this is worthy of respect. Now, we are, we're not playing the positive thinking game and calling things that aren't worthy of respect, worthy of respect, are we? We're actually looking and finding things that are worthy of respect because what are we doing? We're choosing to think this way. Uh, are there, is there anything here that's been uncontaminated by sin? Anything that would, God would approve of in this person's life? Is there anything about this person that would be you know, worth prizing and valuing. You know, does this person ever do anything, gracious acts that enrich people's lives or is good report is worth of saying good things about? Anyway, so we go on down the list, but how do you think it's going to affect how you feel about the person? You still won't like the things that are bad, but you aren't going to have that ugly I can't escape this feeling about this person. No, this person has value, and I, I value that. Uh, it's gonna, how's it going to affect what you do about your relationship, how you respond, rather than throwing up your hands and saying, that's it, I'm out of here, I ain't dealing with this no more. You say, no, no, this person is worth pursuing. And I, once again, we're not in denial. Well, it doesn't mean that, uh, not in denial, that doesn't mean that there were times and places where things get broken that can't be fixed, Okay. We're not lying to ourselves. 
But even if you can't come up with much on this list, right? You're thinking about someone in a situation, and I'm having a hard time coming up with things on this list. Just the fact that you're not reinforcing the negatives, right? Before we talked about you're reinforcing the negatives again and again, just the fact that you stop doing that and that you're open to positives will begin making a significant difference in your relationship. And instead of finding yourself saying, where is God and What's, you know, I have no peace. You're going to, and getting ahead of myself a little bit, but let's just look at the end of verse nine. He says, the God of peace will what? Be with you. You're going to experience his presence. So we'll come back to that. You'll have a sense that God is definitely at work here in your life. All right, so let's look at verse nine now. He says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. He's talking about his example, isn't he? Okay. There's things that they have learned and received. And, and um, if you remember at the beginning, we talked about this is thinking and doing on purpose, right? So we're on purpose thinking, well, there's some things we need to be doing on purpose. One is learning. We need to be in the word of God and learning. We need to, to you know, sign up for that Bible study when it comes up so we can learn some things. Very important. Uh, on our own, reading our own Bibles, you know, uh, having conversations with other Christians about things. We're learning. We're on purpose. We're trying to understand. Okay? We're learning. And then there are things we receive. And this is where it is taught to us. Someone shares it with us. Someone speaks it to us. And we receive. Okay? He says, so there are things that we, we learn proactively on our own, and then there's things that we receive, the things that are taught to us. And we need to do both on purpose, both on purpose. And then he talks about what they saw and what they heard. And this is Paul's example. What did you see and what did you hear? So just like we're talking about thinking on purpose about these things, so as you go through life as a Christian, especially when you're around other Christians. Be alert. See, look at them and see what's going on in their lives. What are they doing? How are they living? How are they trusting God? What are they doing that would be, wow, that'd be good for if I did that or understood that, you know? And, and then, you know, heard. What are you, you gotta be listening. The all-in Christian life cannot be lived haphazardly. The all-in Christian life cannot be uh, lived just by chance. We need it on purpose. Be learning, taking in, watching, listening. Okay? And when we see those good things and we get that information, just like Paul said, think about these things, meditate, and say, you need to do these things. Okay? Do these things. Now, you wouldn't think... Surely, you know, that we need to look at the definition for the word do. But we do. Okay? Because it's translated from a word in the Greek language, which was the language that Paul wrote in, the language that the Holy Spirit led Paul to write in. And this word do means to practice regularly. It isn't just, I, oh, I did something. No, it's I'm doing it. Okay? I'm doing it. Purposefully doing it. And so this is what Paul says, you know, hey, the things that you've, you know, you've learned, you received, do something with them. Do it. Do these things and then do something 
because of it. And James says this about, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He who continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Read those words that are underlined with me. Ready? Will be blessed in what he does. And, and what do we say here? Again, do these things and the God of peace will be with you. So do these things. Do them. And so here's kind of a conclusion about Christian living. Think and do on purpose and you will experience God's peaceful presence in your life. Doesn't mean everything's to be easy. Some things can maybe sad and hard still, but in the middle of it all, you won't be saying, where is God? You'll say, oh, there you are, God. And his peace will make a huge difference in your life. So think and do on purpose. Father, we come to you today and thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to think these ways. So many things want us to think other ways. Lord, help us to think these ways. Help us, Lord, to be mindful of what's going on, what we're learning and receiving and what we're seeing and hearing about you and life as a Christian, Lord, that we would do those things ourselves. And Lord, we certainly want to have the experience of your presence in our lives, knowing that you're present and working. And because of that, we can have peace, your peace. As always, Lord, I pray for anyone here or watching or listening later who doesn't have, hasn't started that personal relationship with you. They haven't received your son as Savior. I pray that they will, or if they need help, they have questions, I pray they'd ask, Lord. Be honored and glorified in us as your people as we go and live all in with you. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.